ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌ ಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿದ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಶಾಂತಶಾಂತಿ ಗುರುರ್ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಗುರುರ್ವಿಷ್ಣು ಗುರುರ್ದೇವೋ ಮಹೇಶ್ವರ ಗುರುರೇವ ಪರಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ಪೇಜ್ ಒನ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ಸೆವೆನ್ repeat after me suvrata sumukha sukshmaha sughosha sukhada suhrata manoharo jitakrodho ವೀರಬಾಹುರ್ವಿಣ ಎಸ್ಟಡೇ ವಿ ಸಾಟಿಲ್ ದಿ ಸುಹೃತ್ ಮನೋಹರ ಹರ ದ ಒನ್ ಹೂ ಚಾರ್ಮ್ಸ್ or the one who steals away what does he steal away he steals away mana therefore in hanuman chalisa he rightly says buddhi hina tanu janike sumirau pavana kumar ಬಲಬುಧಿ ವಿದ್ಯಾ ದೇಹು ಮುಹಿ ಹರಹು ಕಲೇಸ ಬಿಕಾರ್ ದಟ್ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಹೌ ಮಚ್ ಎವರ್ ಐ ಟ್ರೈ ಟು ಪುಲ್ ಮೈ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಅವೇ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಲೋವರ್ ಆಸ್ಪೆಕ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೈ ಎಕ್ಸಿಸ್ಟೆನ್ಸ್ ಟು ದ ಹೈಯರ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ಡಿವೈನ್ ಐ ಸೀಮ್ ಟು ಬಿ ಕಾನ್ಸ್ಟೆಂಟ್ಲಿ ಸಕ್ಟ್ ಇನ್ ಇನ್ ಅಡ್ವರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ಲಿ ಅಗೇನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಅಗೇನ್ into the lower aspect if there is anybody that can pull me out it is you and there it was more pun intended because the monkey they snatch away so there hara means to snatch here he steals our mind away so when the 
when the entire village of Nanda found that Yashodara had given birth to a boy. They did not know that it was an exchange offer. They had no clue about it. They, they were informed that there was a son born. They all start walking in. Usually when there is a new birth, you go, you know, look at the kid, play around with the kid. If the family needs some help, you, you know, help. But here, it was a totally different kind of environment. There were people going in, but nobody coming out. And Nanda was little confused. That usually my village, he was a village head also. Usually my village is not this hopeless. People usually give hand and uh, you know help. What happened today that they are all going in to see Yashodra and the new kid? That nobody is coming out and giving me a helping hand and I have to do inside work, outside work. Because they were so, uh, you know, caught. They were so uh, attracted, mesmerized, the right word. And he was rightfully named as Krishna. What does Krishna mean? Akarshate anena sahaja swabhavena. Without putting an effort, without making an excessive effort, supposing when we go outside, especially to meet someone, it's a meeting or you know, there is a first impression involved, then we make sure that we put on the best of the clothes and best of the accessories and best of the whatever best and the best of the best. Here, Sahaja Swarupena, it is not that he had put on any makeup or put on any kind of a show. Just by being himself, he was so attractive that they could not take their eyes away from him. So, If at all anything can be called as a first love, I can tell you that the entire Nandagrama, all the Gopas and the Gopis had that how blessed must they have been to see the Lord and all his charms right since the birth, right since the first day. And he was a handful. How much was their minds sucked up by the Lord completely? That there are stories that people would call their loved ones. Instead of their names, they would by mistake call Krishna. And the other kids in the Nanda Grama, they would not like them being called as Krishna. I am not Krishna. I have a name. But they were so attracted that they, they could all that they could do was think of only him. They would take all the milk, yogurt, butter and all the milk products out for sale. And whenever they would go out for sale, instead of selling, saying that, you know, milk for sale or curd for sale, they would shout, Krishna, Krishna for sale. 
and they were so, you know, in the grip. Manaha Harati, the one who completely snatches one's attention as a permanently. See, what is the greatest sign that devotion has set in for sure? Like, you know, even in the material world, when the mind is attracted to something, when the mind is caught up with something, don't we day in and day out do the same smarana again and again of that vastu, of that vyakti? Constantly that is what goes around in our head. Wherever we sit, we are thinking constantly about that vastu, that vyakti. That is called bhoga. When it is outwardly, it is called bhoga. But when it turns inwardly, the same intensity is called yoga. It's called bhakti yoga. So what is the sign that we, our minds have been hooked on to that devotion of the Lord? When it is not just one aspect of our life, one chore that has to be completed. Early in the morning I have to wake up, you know, I have to take a shower, stand in front of that Lord, light a lamp, light an agarbati and then say, Namaskar, done, one job. There is an eagerness to be in the presence. Whatever else that we are doing, we try to finish them all, all the chores, all the jobs, all the responsibilities, just so that we can have the opportunity to be in the presence of that Lord in His divine presence. Consistently, that should be the intensity. So, on one aspect, he is charming. But in order to see his charm, we have to pull our eyes out of this murky worldliness and throw our attention at him. If we can catch the glimpse of that divinity within, if that connection is made, and all I say is, it all stands firmly based on the strength of connection. If the connection is weak, even your cell phone will not work. I tell this in teacher's training, I tell it to the Balavihar students and the teachers. That when we sit trying to teach, before trying to teach, the first thing that we have to do is to connect to the audience, connect to the children. Because without that connection, whatever you are trying to download into them will not reach them. Supposing you have a cell phone and this, uh, you just entered into a lift, elevator and you pressed send, a text message. 
usually once the kids go off into college the best mode of communication happens to be a text message how are you lol mom i'm okay what is lol in that laughing out loud lol so you would send a text message but because you are in an elevator in a high rise building the network is disconnected so what happens to your text message it is not in their inbox it is in your outbox right similarly when we are trying to you know teach and we have not connected to the audience connected to the people that we have to communicate to and we are trying to push stuff where is your message it is on you as you in, in you in a burden rather than reaching across in their inbox similarly when we sit in front of the lord we should pull our minds away from all the murkiness of worldliness sarva dharman parityajya anyan dharman parityajya while you are sitting there in front of the lord you are not a wife you are not a husband you are not a mother you are not a child you are the devotee in front of the lord rest of it can wait put it on a pause pull your mind out of all those when he says sarva dharman parityajya he means anyan dharman parityajya all other dharma put it on a pause turn towards that lord as a sincere devotee and then you are not sitting in front of a pratima yes it is purely imaginary but still it is that power of your intention is what matters whether you are doing saguna or nirguna doesn't matter first you have to connect that it is the lord who is sitting in front of me and i am communicating with him so every little detail that goes into that worship matters like supposing you are sitting for dinner it is your own mother where she has been overwhelmed with her job or whatever she was in and she is serving you food and the way she is serving food is lekha and she just throws it at your plate and and then you like mom what's wrong with you i don't want to eat this anymore don't we throw tantrums try it with your kids sometime pull them to the dinner table and instead of serving throw it at them you want practicals right try Swami ji, even with that loving thing that we, we try to see, they say, again, again, doll. I want something different. I asked you while I was cooking, are you okay with this or not? You said you are okay. No? Now I don't feel like it. 
Even with loving gesture, they, this is the condition. Now try throwing it at them. Eat. So when we sit in front of the Lord for worship, you are invoking, you are requesting the Lord and His presence in that Pratima. How should your connection be? That's why for all the you know people who come here to help on Puja Day, I request them that when you bring the say Panchamrita, don't bring the milk directly from the refrigerator onto the head of the Lord. Would you want a cold shower on your head? Let it at least be room temperature. And who is that Lord? Bala Krishna. Baby Krishna. How would you bathe the baby Krishna with such a terrible temperature? You should have that bhava in that, right? That, oh, he is there and when I am offering it on him, he should feel comfortable. Now, for all these aspects to even have an alignment, our mind from the other responsibilities has to be snapped away. Then with that intensity, when you sit in front of that Lord, can the mind go away? We don't do that preparatory work while we sit. Whether it is puja or dhyana. We don't do that preparatory work in closing all those doors off. I have had opportunity, when if at all living in US I miss anything, is the interactions with various Mahatmas that can be had during the travel or during the stay in India. Oh, Swamiji, you have not searched enough here. Once I was, once I had this rare opportunity to be with, uh, his name is Satarkar Maharaj. He he runs the Varkari from Alandi all the way to Pandharpur. Alandi is near Pune. And Pandharpur is the place where Vithala and Rakumai, Rukmini Devi, abode of Vithala and Rukmini Devi. They go on foot. And the best part is, and they are in thousands. And the best part is, these thousands are not gossiping. Everyone has a, a, a kartala, what do you call the, what do you call Symbols? Symbols? or a dholak, or a, some instrument. And everyone in unison, all thousand, I mean, thousands of them, all of them in unison are chanting, Jai Jai Ramakrishna Hari. And I won't attempt singing, but it's such a overpowering feeling to be in, in their presence. Can you imagine like thousands of them, everyone in the same sink. And what is amazing is nobody is carrying a mic to control or to guide. Everybody is attuned. So we had the opportunity to join for 10 days. 
So he had come to the ashram, he had invited us personally to join and we had just finished our Vedanta course. So we thought it would be, it would be a enriching experience. We were about seven, eight of us. We, we said we will make this pilgrimage for 10 days along with this Mahatma. So because we were uh, royal invitees, usually it were, you know you carry your own uh, Boria Bistar and uh, your uh, bedding and you, you manage yourself. For us, it was managed by them. So, we had little better than everybody else. It's not that it is something very elaborate. He also would sleep under a tree. So, we had a cot. A makeshift cot kind of a thing. I was sleeping like three or four people away from him. So, in that excitement of the day, it woken up early in the morning, went into the river, took you know bath, did the japa, came back and he woke up a little late. And uh, coming from my orthodoxy of uh, how I had grown up as well as in the ashram, what I saw was something very different. In, at that time, I would say very disturbing. He woke up and he sat on his bed. And he took out the mala that was on his neck and started doing right away japa. I'm like, uh, this is wrong. This is totally wrong. You should first freshen up. You should first take a bath and you should clean yourself up and then do such things. I didn't have the courage to say anything to him at that point. And that day we followed and uh, varkari and you know. So while going on the varkari, Everybody was singing and we happened to be the, like, you know, four or five of us around him. I had almost forgotten it, but that still was there in my head. It was running, you know, he shouldn't have done this. He shouldn't have done this. So, while walking, he comes next to me, puts his hand on my shoulder. And he says, Bandhu, in your head, it is a still same thought which is running around. I mean, if he could read through as if it was written on my face, there's no point denying it. I very sheepishly looked at him and said, yes. Then what he said is so memorable that I think I'll take it to my grave. It is such an important message. His point was, before I connect with anything else in this world, as soon as I wake up, my first connection is with the Lord. Rest of it all can wait. Therefore, as soon as I wake up, I have made it my point to first connect with my Lord of my heart. Therefore, I first offer my salutations to Him, do my japa and then continue doing any other vritti. Which makes sense. To find that he is Manohara, if there is thick layers of worldliness blinding us, you know, it is too much to say, you know, Lord, remove that also. You have to put a little effort. You know, clean your you know, murkiness out. And sit in front of that Lord with that complete attention. And once that connection is found, 
dare that mind go anywhere else? Because the, at that point you don't need to be scared of the world. You know, I have to maintain my vrata, I have to maintain my nishta. There is nothing which can distract that nishta. Like Guru Nanak Ji was, he was going on some, he was walking around village to village with his students. And in one village, this mother comes with this very beautiful daughter. And both of them do their namaskar chamatkar. And unusually long, Guru Nanak Ji is staring at the daughter very intensely. Completely lost track of time. And the mother felt little offended. She almost said, I thought you were a saint. But you are oogling at my daughter. This is not right. And he got back to his senses and said, What mother, can you repeat it again? Say, this is not right. So he understood what he landed up in. And he said, That if the creator can create such beauty, I was lost... How beautiful must have been that creator himself? If the creation is so beautiful, how great must be him? So that thought in itself was enough to trigger him into a trance. There is nothing in this world to be scared about then. Because mana is already harana. Coming back to the gopis. Bhagavan Krishna had not, had never gone back to Nanda, Vrajabhumi. And uh, it had been years. And his cousin, Uddhava, he was a very, very much into jnana. Ishwara Pranidhana and then you know worshipping and doing dhyana, finding that Aham Brahmasmi Vritti. So Bhagavan Krishna, he says, Bhaiya, I have never been to Nanda, I mean Rajabhumi after I came back. It's been quite a while. Can you take my personal message to the gopis there? So he gives the message to Uddhava. And as soon as he arrives in Vrajabhumi, he was also almost like, you know, being a cousin, he was looking very similar to Krishna. So needless to say, before he could announce who he was, the entire Vrajabhumi was in front of him. And everybody was like, you must be definitely a relative of Krishna. You pretty much look like him. How is our Krishna? So he looks at all these ladies and you know gopagopis who are panging in separation of the Lord even after you know so many years. He says, Let me tell you, this kind of attachment will not help you. Instead, focus on that Ishwara 
and elevate yourself up. Don't get caught up in such things. So there are these Brahmara Gita, the dialogues of the gopis. They have been written as Brahmara Gita by Suradasji. So one such situation, Suradasji says, Uddhavji, what you are saying is true. You know, Ishwara and then dedicating your mind and you know, Ekatanata, having one vritti only. Understand all that. It's a very beautiful concept. But then our dilemma is, Man nahi dasubis. Ek hatoso gayo sang ko aradhe tava is. Our dilemma is, Man nahi dasubis. We don't have... 10-20 minds. Ek hato, so there was one. And that has already gone so deep in dedication to Krishna that there is no more mind left to dedicate to your Ishwara. Think once the mind is completely absorbed into that divinity and finds that connection, you would still be working in this world. But the mind completely hooked on, firmly abiding in, in that connection. Such impactful one is called Manoharaha. Manoharaha. Jitakrodhaha. Yes, Bhagavad Gita says that Trividhasya, Narakasya, Idam, Dwaram. These three are direct pathways or gateways to hell. Kamaha, Krodhaha, Tadha, Lobha. Kama, Krodha, Lobha are the direct gateways to hell. Now those are the components of the mixtures of these three. The rest of them. But these three, a sure gateway. In fact, Gurudev says that anger takes you to hell and pride gives you a permanent residency in hell. He had his own humorous way of saying it. Kama Krodha Lobha Narakasya Dwaram. After reading that, many of us jump to the conclusion anger is bad. Not just that, then we come down to the next level. In all our Puranas, there are enough stories of Rishis and great Munis who seem to have absolutely no control over their anger. Who is the one who aces on the top of everyone? Durvasa. Durvasa Mahamuni is known to be the most angriest. Now I can tell at home, 
we had code words between me and my brother. When he said, when we used to communicate saying BK, it means mother is really angry. BK means Bhadrakali. DMM means Durvasa Mahamuni. Dad is really angry. So Durvasa then we question how can he be a Muni? How can he be a great saint if he has not controlled his anger? Let us not jump to conclusion and pull him down to our standard and then try evaluating, have the audacity to evaluate him as an angry person. The perspective that it has to be seen is a little different. I am not asking you to cut him some slack and say, you know, bechara chhodu. There is a reason. Whenever, wherever Durvasa got angry, take any story where he got angry, what is the end result that the one who who was showered with his anger got as a result? Direct Bhagavad Darshan. Because he got angry, which acted as a stimulant, as a catalyst to push him over the edge. And what was the result of the anger? Bhagavad Darshana. If somebody's anger can give us Bhagavan's Darshana, is it a good anger or bad anger? After understanding that that standpoint, it has been 20 years and my search still continues to find a Mahatma who I can mess up with so that if they get angry, I get Bhagwan Darshan. <laughs> Easy way out, right? Because even their anger was a powerful tool. what is the difference those of us who had fair amount of opportunity to interact with Gurudev we recognize him one of the aspects of him we used to call it Rudra Avatar one side of him I have not been a direct recipient of it but I have witnessed it at least three times. And this was, you know, he had his heart surgery and he was still recovering. And there was this secretary who had messed up something big time. Like the school was to be inaugurated and Guru, we all had gone there. The school got inaugurated at 11.30 in the afternoon or forenoon. And we came back, had Bhiksha with Gurudev. And people started dropping in. Because in the local newspapers, it got misprinted as evening 5.30. Instead of 11.30. 
so people all these big donors and others they started coming and you know one finally asked gurudev you know when will we go for inauguration you know the school was not far away you know he he was in such a condition that he had to be taken on a wheelchair so once somebody asked twice somebody asked and then he finally said why are you asking i have already inaugurated it so they showed him the newspaper and he read the news at 5:30 even in that state of his health he got out of his chair and the secretary was outside in the lawn area and the way he screamed his name all of us who were there loitering around found the nearest exit to hide <laughs> and he gave his mind out spoke his mind out and immediately he turned around and there was this kid who had just won chant geeta land washington competition but he missed coming to washington so gurudev had asked him to come to that place to meet him so he turned around that parents had come with that child and he immediately hugged that kid and took that kid inside and uh, as if that incident never happened earlier and i said okay beta now chant and he asked him to chant the entire chapter what is the difference between his anger and our anger see whenever we get angry what happens is that we keep simmering we keep burning inside the incident has happened the whole episode has gone by the time has passed by it depends again with the intensity of the situation we carry it forward to other experiences as well we don't we are not able to turn it off anybody comes across hey what happened your face looks different today what happened i tell you these kids today you know i i had to really blow it off and then you relive the whole thing again and even in that you're not in the same time you're not in the same space those people are not there around you but the whole emotion seems to be relived and we continue it and some of these open uh, wounds we carry for years anger what something happened somewhere with someone we carry it long jita krodha does not mean that the person will not get angry jita krodha means that person knows when to use anger how to use anger and how much to use it when we reach to the capacity that we can turn it on and off at will i keep asking the same question again and again a sharp knife is it good or bad that's one of the classic answers it depends <laughs> the moment you say it depends you have not understood my question because it depends based on the intentions of the one using it 
But my question was not that. I have not brought in a person and the intentions in there in that equation. My question was very simple. As a vastu, that sharp knife, is it good or bad? It is neither. The good and badness of it comes with the intentions behind it. Without those intentions, it is just a vastu. Similarly, these emotions, especially krodha, is it good or bad? Krodha as such is just an emotion. It is bad if we are a slave to it, we do not know how to snap out of it, we do not know how to control it. It is good if it can be used as a tool. Sometimes you need it. Sometimes when you have to break through the uh, thick layer, thick layer of confusion, you enact that anger. Do you understand? Okay. Tell what? Now they are fogged, defogged. But you don't carry it forward. There is one such episode in Bhagavatam which talks of Lord Narayana coming or Lord Vishnu coming in the avatar of Narasimha. And when he came through that pillar, he was really angry. That's why most of the Narsimha temples, they are often named as Ugra Narsimha. Narsimha is always in the Ugra form. I am trying to remember one in uh, near Vishakapatnam. Simhachalam, thank you. There, uh, the idol of the Lord is constantly layered with chandan. So much so that they don't even take the chandan out. Only once a year they take the entire chandan out. The whole year he is kept completely draped, covered with chandan. It's a cooling effect. Once a year they take it out and then immediately within few minutes they put one whole thick layer of chandan around him. He is called Ugranarasimha. So he came, he finished up with Hiranyakashipu and he was still heaving with anger. So Brahmaji did not have courage to go in front of him. All gods had already assembled. Shiva said, Baba Re Baba, I, 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 you have you've been using me as a scapegoat for everything, but now is not the time. I am not going to go. So they all turned to Lakshmiji. Now Lakshmiji said, uh, usually when uh, husband is angry, wife comes in, he should cool down. So she said, uh, I have never seen him in this kind of a 
uh, weird anger and in this kind of a ugra form and that too in the nursima form i am also scared so what does she do she sends in prahlad beta tuja age old trick when the husband is angry you speak through the child right tell your mommy <laughs> she's right there next and mommy in return tell your daddy and your the child is poor fellow and you both can hear each other why am i being tossed around so lakshmi ji you know sends prahlad and with his first statement lord immediately calms down what does he say lord for all the wrongs that my father has committed towards me please do not punish him for eternal hell because if he was not there where would i have the opportunity to have your darshan if he had not done all this then i probably would have missed having your darshan if all his atrocities led me up to this point to be standing in front of you having your darshan talking to you i think he has acquired enough punya on my behalf so for that reason please you know forgive him and the first time when the lord speaks to prahlad it's the most touching most you know beautiful he says to prahlad he vatsa kshantavyam me kshanardham alasyam please forgive me that i have come a moment delayed i should have come earlier and he takes that kid hugs him and puts him in his lap jita krodha how did he win over his anger purely through his devotion needless to say he can get angry see when you chant the rudram the entire first anuvaka of the rudram the rishi who is worshiping he says uh, oh lord rudra i can feel the heat of the tip of your arrows because initially when we go we are carrying our own guilt and remorse and all the papa punya equations in our head and we stand there as a jeeva we are scared scared that we may be punished for all those things then later he promises that his dedication or his surrender is of an absolute nature still the stance of bhagwan doesn't change he still holding the same bow and arrow 
then he realizes, turns around and says, oh, this bow and arrow was not aimed for me. It was actually picked up in protecting me. Thank you for picking up the bow and arrow so that I am protected with your presence. The transition in that first Anuvaka is very beautiful. He first starts with a scary jiva and then becomes a, I mean, the transformation of that jiva happens wherein the surrender is shown. And then he realizes that the bow and arrow that is picked is not actually aimed at me, but it is aimed at all those that stop me from reaching you. Don't think that our gods are not angry. In fact, the definition of Rudra in one meaning is Ruktrayate iti Rudraha. The one who eliminates, removes any kind of limitations or bonding, bondages. That is called Ruktrayate, the one who annihilates them. Iti Rudraha. The second meaning is even more beautiful. The meaning is Rodayati Iti Rudraha. If we don't turn that attention towards him, the one who makes sure that you cry. What kind of a saddest God is he? That makes you cry. Now when the child is not listening to you, exams are coming and he is still focused on his, uh, you know, whatever little game or gadget or whatever, goofing off his time. What do you do? You give them a warning. And still it doesn't work. They say, no TV, no cell phone, no Nintendo, no gadgets. You take, seize everything away. What is the immediate reaction of the child? What kind of a parent are you? Is this what parenting means? You make your own child cry? What do you say as a parent? It deserves it. Don't you say? Am I making this up? Yes, no, something. Similarly, it is not that he is trying to make us cry. Because those things stop us from dedicating or turning within, he pulls it away at the right time. Because of our attachment, we feel the pain. Therefore, we cry. But he is the one who is truly one over his krodha and the one who can use his anger Whenever required. Another incident in Mahabharata. Bhagavan Krishna was approached by both Arjuna and Duryodhana. In fact, Bhagavan Krishna's position was little uh, delicate. Duryodhana had already come. So what did Bhagavan Krishna do? Anyatha sharanam nasti. There was no other method to escape. 
so he went into his you know sleeping chambers and slept at least acted like sleeping until when until arjuna came in now duryodhana did not want to sit at the feet of krishna i am a i am a royalty why should i be sitting at his feet so he sat near his head arjuna came in immediately caught hold of krishna's feet and sat there itself and krishna as if woke up and said arjuna you came what do you want so duryodhana said hum pehle aaye hain yahan i came in first here so bhagwan said you may have come first but i saw him first anyways he is younger than you i think he should get the opportunity he said i'll give two things on one side i will be a part of your army on the other hand i can give my entire narayaniya sainya the army called narayani sain uh, army which one do you want arjuna and arjuna very immediately said oh of course lord i want you only sigh of relief for duryodhana Uh, who wants this krishna and that to what he had said if i come into the battlefield i will never ever take any astra or shastra what good is he then i don't want waste of time anarayana said that is what i want oh arjuna you took away krishna i'll live with the narayani sainya said duryodhana so such krishna who had made a promise that he would never take a astra shastra on the battlefield the one incident on the eighth day afternoon late in the early evening afternoon he gets really mad at bhishma so arjuna and bhishma are facing off each other and neither is allowing each other to proceed forward and this has been a stalemate for 8 days the you know bhishma tells duryodhana that i will not kill five of them but i will not allow them win also i give you my word it is a stalemate that which has been happening all through the years now on the battlefield now eighth day bhagwan gets really mad at bhishma so he runs charges towards him he jumps off the chariot charges towards him en route he find, finds a broken uh, ratha chariot he pulls out the wheel and then tries to attack bhishma with that wheel now bhishma in his turn immediately stops his bow and arrow business you know drops it and comes down his chariot and lays down on his knees hey lord what a blessing come on and exasperated krishna throws that wheel away and says enough of this natak your time on this has been come to an end 
I think it is time to finish a wrap up. That is when Bhishma says to Krishna, tell Pandavas to come and meet me after midnight. That is when he gives them the secret that tomorrow when you come, bring Shikhandi along with you. May he be the, in the forefront in your chariot. Now what did Bhagavan try to teach there? See, sometimes we make vow. We take some vow. Vow has to serve a certain purpose. Beyond which it is like a block for our own growth. I will not drink water. No, I am not making a vow. People take such vows. Like I used to have on Shivaratri, I used to do Nirjala. Nirjala doesn't mean that I don't eat things that are not burnt. <laughs> Nirjala. Nirjala means not even a drop of water. So early in the morning, wake up and do you know the Ekadasharudra and then be in the temple and help. This happened about seven years ago. So I was four o'clock, you know, Guruji saw me in the temple. And uh, there are about 80,000, 100,000 people that come to Bombay temple, main ashram, on Shivaratri day. And the line starts from 3 o'clock. And it ends only at 12, 12.30 at midnight. So even on an average, if one person brings one coconut, there are those who have these extreme uh, desires. They say, I'll, I'll offer 21 coconuts, 51 coconuts. They'll bring a gunny sack full of things. And so I saw that, you know, the things were piling up. So I went inside, right at 4 o'clock, right in the beginning. So I went inside to break the coconuts. And it is not a very delicate process of, you know, taku, taku, hitting on the stone and then breaking it. You take a, um, what do you call not a sword, there is a sharp edged, uh, like a sickle, but not a sickle, but a lengthier one. I don't know its name either, any language. There is that instrument. And they had one sophisticated instrument wherein they will keep it on that instrument and press it and it will break. But to keep it and balance it and then press it, uh, it was taking a while. So I went back to the old method. So hold it and crack it open with one shot and then pour that water onto Shivalinga and then pass it on. The Guruji saw me work there. And about uh, 11, 11.30, I was still there working. So Guruji did his Namaskar, did his Sankirtan, you know, there is continuous Om Namah Shiva chanted all throughout the day. So he did his part and did again his Namaskar, Aarti was given and then he looked at me said, come out. I said, uh, I'll join you. So I said, now. So I said, I came out uh, fully drenched with the coconut uh, water. And Have you been here since 4 o'clock? Yes. Go have something. So I said, uh, usually on Shivaratri days, I don't eat or drink anything, Swamiji. 
सो ही हेल्ड माई हैंड चल मेरे साथ सो ही टुक मी ड्रैग मी टू हिज रूम टू हिज कुटिया and there was one of the yuvak and members he said go get some milk and nuts so they went ran guruji said now so they went into a special line into the kitchen directly got a, a total big and milk and nuts now drink the whole thing up so so i never for past 18 years i have not he didn't say anything he was just looking and then i gulped it down i said such vrata is not for those who are so busily engaged in activity it is for those who are sitting in a cave or sitting in seclusion they who have not who are not doing any kind of physical activity they can do it or they need to do such things for those of you who are actively engaged in work you need to sustain the body don't be stupid break that from this year onwards i was like 18 years you broke my 18 years i have allowed you right from now on don't do it so we become obstinate about our own vows and bhishma had become obstinate about his own vow that to whom his vow was given and the entire lineage was done with the best option was that he get married drop that vow because his job was his vow was that whoever sits on this throne i'll protect the throne and now dhritarashtra was sitting therefore he had to protect whoever was sitting even if they were adharmic so there was a loophole in his own wow he had to break it but he would not give it up so in order to teach him when to or when it exactly it is okay to he shows his anger breaks his own vow cuz lord had taken the vow that he would not take an astra or shastra and again what is the difference between astra and shastra astra is a missile that which can be launched brahmastra pashupatastra they are all astra that can be launched shastra is something that you hold on to your hand and fight with now that wheel of the chariot could be both he could launch it at him or with that crush him either ways and he broke his own vow of not taking an astra shastra to teach this important message to bhishma that you are being obstinate with your vrata it's high time you break it you're done with it the time is done with it so bhagwan can take the avatar of krodha but he can use his krodha to serve the purpose whereas when it comes to you let alone use we get consumed by it don't talk about the topic i'll get angry it has done passed it is years gone by and still mention of that topic you get angry don't mention about that people i'll get angry 
such vulnerable, such triggers that you just even mention the name of the person, you get angry. You get enslaved to that krodha. For such ones, it is a direct gateway to hell. For those who can use it, he is the samples. And therefore, he is called Jita Krodha. All our gods look very benign, very calm, composed, always in the same stature. Shiva always meditating, Vishnu always in that Shantakaram Bhujakashayanam Padmanabham He is in a sleeping posture. Brahmaji always in that lotus. And don't take them for granted. Why? Veerabahuhu Veerabahuhu When time comes all the Astra Shastra that the Devi Devas hold in their hand, they are not a mark of decoration. Have you ever gone to a fair or some kind of a mela wherein they have, uh, the head is not there. Everything else is, so you put your head there. Have you ever taken photographs like that? There was this mischievous kids, uh, Yuva Kendra members, they took me to some park and they closed my eyes and said, here you should put your head. I was very new to US at that time. Put your head there and they, everybody took a photo. And then I came, they, they brought me forward and it was somebody who was running, like you know, scared. He was only wearing a short, small uh, trunks on a beach. And a dog was pulling away that little piece even. And it was going around doing lot of rounds. So do you think gods are like that? Like you know, they, they, they'll wear, uh, you know, have uh, Astra, Shastra, everything assembled and then sit there. Why? This is just for show. said, if need be, I am Shantakaram, but if need be, these are not just for a decoration, they can be used efficiently as well. And the best part was in the Krishna Avatara, he need not even carry his Astra along with himself. He just had to think of it and it would land on his finger. We are talking about the chakra, Sudarshana chakra. Where did he use it for the first time? Sishupala Dantavakra. He even warned him, Beta, you are going to cross your limit. And I gave your mother the word that it is not a cumulative hundred. If it were cumulative 100, you would have been done with any time, long time ago. In one single sitting, if you cross 100 abuses, 
you are almost coming there 80 90 and as the Bhagavan Krishna reminded him that he was getting closer to 100 he took it up as a challenge Vinashakale Viparita Buddhi he took it up as a challenge saying that you know what will you do Karke dikha. you have been threatening me so much about all these things what will you do you don't even have your Astra Shastra what is your Astra Shastra maybe a whip I am not a cow. I am not a sheep to be heard around. He crossed the hundredth. And then immediately he brings down the Sudarshana Chakra. All the Devi Devatas. You know, the devotee who is so shaken up with so much of samsara, when he comes and surrenders and says, Oh Bhagavan, Raksha Raksha Swamam. And one thing says, Okay, I will take Abhayam. The devotee may have a mind, You are giving Abhayam, okay, but do you, can you protect me? He says, What are these? These are not just, uh, just in case some kind of a decoration. These can be used as well. Veerabahuhu. Veerabahuhu. The one who has the uh, capacity to protect the good and to eliminate those who are wicked, malicious intent. And uproot them once and for all. Veerabahuhu. Vidaranaha. Vidaranaha. The one who splits the enemy into pieces. Again, I have to go back to the Narasim Havatar. Hiranyakashipu thought he had tricked Vidhata. It is said in Bhagavatam that when Brahmaji was to approach Hiranyakashipu to give him his boon, the Trimurtis had a meeting. They had a conference call. And everybody advised Brahmaji, don't go alone. Go along with the Saptarishis. In today's world, probably the best job description that they can fit into is CPA. Why Saptarishis? Because whatever he asks, they will know if it has a loophole or not. That's what the CPAs do, right? To find the loophole in the tax so that the client gets the best benefit. So they took, he took the Saptarishis. Lucky for him, he had four heads. So Saptarishis were behind. So whenever Hiranyakashipu would ask something, so the head behind, he would ask the Saptarishis, is okay to say yes? Because the first boon that he asked was, let me be, uh, you know, Ajara Amara. That is not in my code. You are asking beyond my textbook. I can't grant you that. He said, okay. He had come prepared also. So what was his preparation? He said, give me a boon such that there is no man or an animal that can kill me. So Brahmaji asked the Saptarishis. There is a loophole in that. 
that tathastu give me a boon such that inside or outside i cannot be killed Give me a boon so that I cannot be killed down or up. Then where else to kill him? Don't worry, there is a loophole. Say yes. Give me a boon that I may be not killed in day or night. Seems to be, you know, very comprehensive uh, demand. Well studied demand. I should not be killed by an Astra or a Shastra. How do you kill such a powerful one? And the Saptarishi said, uh, there is a method, don't worry. We have a fix for everything. So he asked about, you know, a dozen or so clauses. So Bhagwan came in. How did he come in? Not from any organic. He came in from the pillar. How was his form? Neither an animal nor a human. Where did he drag him to? Neither inside nor outside. It was right on the threshold. Therefore, they say that when you are giving someone something or taking something from someone or doing namaskar or something, don't do it on the threshold. That is the meeting point for Narasimha and Hiranyakashipu. Do it either inside or outside, not on the threshold. So, he drags him to the threshold and waits for the right time. It is neither day nor night. It is that cusp wherein Sandhya Kala. Neither up nor down. He puts him on his lap. A bad joke, but still. That was the first laptop. It was on the lap. Top of the lap. He did not use Astra or Shastra. He just used his bare nails. Vajranakha. And then tore him apart. Vidaranaha. Vidaranaha. The one who tears everything apart. If you look at it. What does Hiranyakashipu stand for? Who was his brother? Hiranyaksha. Hiranyaksha was a true capitalist. He saw money, he saw wealth in everything. And he went after it to make enough wealth. Hiranyakashipu was uh, two steps sophisticated than his blunt brother. He knew only to earn, but he, Hiranyakashipu knew how to indulge in them. Hiranya Kashipu, the one who slept in all the earnings, the one who is to relish and enjoy indulging in all the plunders that they are making and they earn. That was Hiranya Kashipu. So that Bahya Vritti 
of constantly indulging with the materialistic world, how can that be removed? It can be removed only when it is plucked out, cut asunder mercilessly. With the sharp edged, blade like nakha, nakha, kha means the space. Space is the subtlest one. Yesterday we saw that. Nakha, that which is subtler than the space, which is Paramatma. When we finally abide in that, is when all these desires, vasanas and these finer layers can be completely annihilated. Up until then, there will be one or the other layers constantly consuming. If we were to vanquish all the vasanas that we have acquired, it is an impossible task. I'll finish up all these vasanas, then I'll go there. It, it is never going to happen. So therefore the advice is, be seated in that, firmly abide in that. Having abided in that, all these layers in that, in Gurudev's words, he would say, in the white glow of the deep meditation, in that illumination, all these vasanas and their traces are destroyed completely. Vidaranaha, cut asunder all these vasanas. And who can do it? He alone can do it. And what can we do? Sar under. Surrender under his feet. And one of my Swami friends, he has a a very funny bone. He says, the best thing is hold on to the feet of Lord and if it still doesn't pick you up, especially when Krishna, he is standing you know, one and a half feet and you are holding on to his feet and if he doesn't pick you up, what do you do? Tickle his feet. Because he has to regain balance, he has to pick you up now. And later I understood that he was not making it up in the Kevat. You know, when Bhagwan had to cross from this side to the other side of Gangaji. And Kevat said, Bhagwan, I have heard that your feet, you know, the dust of your feet can turn things into women. I already have one woman in my life. I don't want one more. Please don't take away my livelihood. Now, Lakshmana was getting angry. He is the angry young man. Not for his personal comfort. Anything that disturbs the Lord, he would get angry. So, Bhagavan had to stop him. He said, there is some kind of madhurya here. He is not being obstinate. But there is some kind of uh, sweetness in his approach of devotion. Let's play along. He said, what to do? So, he called his wife and get a plate. So, she got uh, the silver plate. He said, Buddhu, go get a wooden plate. 
in those days the dough was mixed in the wooden uh, plates trays so that if there is excess of water or salt it would be sucked away by the wood so you go get that because he knew that once the feet are washed the water is taken away by everybody the very little left which we will have but then the water is soaked into that wood and every day you make roti the blessings are continued right so get that one well thought through a sneaky fellow <laughs> so she went and ran and got the thing so he washed one feet one foot he washed the second foot and bhagwan was about to put his foot again okay, again you will put your feet into the dust that is not acceptable he said what do you what do you want me to do said, okay place your both legs into my hands now imagine somebody who is kneeling down and your legs are there in his hands where will your hands be you have to hold on to something right for balance so immediately bhagwan held on to the head of this kevat he forced him to that feet which you don't get a glimpse of even after so many years of tapas he forced it into his hands and then forced his hands to bless him by holding on to his head and he then picked him up now i am satisfied now that your hands are on my head i feel my life is kritakritya how do you hold on to the feet of the lord hold it so tight that he is compelled to pick you up and he is the only one who can cut asunder all the traces of these vasanas vidarana next shloka is about those who are insomniac or have nightmares so it talks about that we'll see tomorrow ha that reminds me tomorrow i checked the weather it says that it is by afternoon dropping down to 20s and it is going to rain and sleet so 